Disclaimer, we are not licensed professionals. The conversations we have about our mental health and well-being come from our own personal experiences. We hope these open conversations will encourage our audience to take notice and ownership of their own mental and emotional well-being. And maybe, just maybe, provide some cathartic laughs along the way. All right, everyone, welcome back to Therapy Check here for another week. And today we're going to talk about insecurities and those who benefit from them. You have me, Andrea, and I'm with Breezy. Welcome to Therapy Check. Okay, Breezy, you wanted to talk about insecurities? Lay it on us. Yes. This is mostly inspired by, um, you know, our last episode in which I kind of made a throwaway comment talking about vaginal health and the products that you'll see a lot of times about like wipes or Vagisil or like scented whatever things to put up there, clean down there. And I was really thinking about it. Where did this need in the market come from? Why did these products exist and what insecurity or concern are they trying to meet? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that you'll notice a lot of times with insecurities and specifically its role with capitalism and the, the market is oftentimes that these insecurities are directly manufactured because somebody benefits from them. Mm-hmm. In the case of the like Vagisil and stuff like that, you have an insecurity about, you know, smell down there. And where did this insecurity come from? Like, where did, where did this come from? And personally, for me, I can pinpoint exactly when this concern came from of like a smell down there, which I never thought of prior to this. And it came through listening to a comedy show mm-hmm. in which the male comedian was talking about like fish and fishiness mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And just talking about like, oh, if a woman smells down there, like, oh, be careful about it. Or like, like the whole gross, like smell your fingers kind of thing. And I was like, one, ew, gross. But two, this narrative or this idea spread from there on. I could hear in songs, it would be a diss that like other female rappers would use against women that they thought were like, inferior to them or stuff like that there'd be Mm -hmm. jokes about it comedy shows would have it appear in movies and this whole idea would be then pitted against like oh it's supposed to taste like candy or smells like flowers or like you got that good good kind of thing shout out to WAP (laughs) the entire (laughs) song um and then this became an insecurity Mm -hmm. I'll never forget just like you know, smell like lavenders down there, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, wow, this just came out of nowhere. Like, were people not thinking about this? Mm -hmm. And back in the day, I got most of my information from BuzzFeed. Uh (laughs) Like, when they had their little videos going on. And it was like an interview or a conversation with an OBGYN talking about vaginal health. And it was very much a conversation like, you know, for a lot of people who don't know, like the vagina is self-cleaning. Like, you have to keep a pH down there. These are what these different smells mean. Like, discharge is very normal. Mm -hmm. Um, All these these things. And I was like, well, I didn't know that. But if that's the case, why do all these products exist? And especially if these products with fragrances aren't good for you, why are they using that? And, like, in that moment, I was able to live 
the development of an insecurity, like the targeted, you know, social media coverage in which like you convince an entire population of people to be insecure about this. And then now that they have this concern or fear, you created a product to fill that hole. And so that kind of made me come to this point of the theme of this episode. The main idea is insecurities and who benefits from them. Yeah. Yeah. That just triggered so many memories. (laughs) (laughs) I remember back in 2016, I believe some, sometime around there, this picture came out of this woman that said that at the end of the day, I don't know if you saw it, a lot of people probably saw it. It was a picture of her underwear Mm -hmm. and it had nothing on it, you know, like no discharge, nothing. She was saying that she was healthy and just kind of degrading the possibility that if you have discharge, it means that you're unhealthy. It means that you're not clean. It means that X, Y, and Z is wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember that. And before that, I never really thought of discharge as anything, you know, it was mm-hmm. just like normal. And then after that, I'm like, you know, damn, what's wrong with me, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember them being a lot of debate over that. I don't know if you remember that at all. Yeah, I do remember that. And specifically, then it kind of led into, you have people, and this is the thing that made me so angry about sex ed in school, is because it really never taught true to form. Like it never taught you about things you'll inc- encounter in your everyday life with mm-hmm. your body. Mm-hmm. And you have people in the comments on Twitter or Instagram, all this social media, like being people's first educators. Twitter taught me so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just, I was like, wow, these were very much, we watched it be fabricated in real time, these insecurities. Like yeah. you watch some random ass usually a man, Mm -hmm. but in this case, it was a woman, go out and be like, hey, if this, if you have this, or if you don't have this, there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And then you watched a collective shift in thinking and people now all of a sudden hyper fixated on this, Mm -hmm. concerned, and then looking for products Mm -hmm. to fix this. If anything, those products are just going to make everything worse. Mm -hmm. Please don't put that in your body. And it's also very much it was all geared towards men. Mm-hmm. Like, you can take out the financial aspect, but the whole idea was it was supposed to benefit men. And remember the whole, like, drink pineapple juice? Yeah. Like, all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Get rid of it. Make it taste sweeter. All these things. It was for one group, like, was really trying to monopolize this whole, this insecurity and directly benefit from it. Mm-hmm. and. Now, just thinking about it that way and having that in real time experience, you can apply that to almost any insecurity you've ever ha- struggled with throughout your entire life. Mm-hmm. Like, who benefits from it? Yeah. Like, one of my biggest insecurities has always been like my size, my shape, how my body is, and how I feel with it. And I remember when that began. And for me, it was in third grade. And it was very much comments of, you know, playing out on the park and people would be like, oh, I can't pick you up. You're too big. Like those Mm -hmm. things. And you're like, oh, not that this person in third grade was not weak. It was, oh, what's wrong with me? Like, you know? And then from then on, it was, you know, and I think medicine also plays into this as well. 
I, I can't believe doctors are allowed to say this to growing people, mm-hmm. but you know how they have that little curve on like where you, are you normal, above average, whatever kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember in third grade, that was also the point in which I shifted from kids' clothes to juniors. Mm-hmm. And although I was like five foot at that point, one of the tallest people in my third grade class, but mm-hmm. I stopped growing from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we peaked, okay? <laughs> that conversation and then the, like, me, third, third grade, oh my goodness, go away, leave me alone. <laughs> um, going from third grade, then we we're, like, around fifth grade being told, like, oh, yeah, you're overweight. You could stand to lose some weight. Fifth grade, how old was I? Like, 10? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. You're telling a 10-year-old this? And I look back at photos of me, and this is another thing, too, of how I know that this is very much manufactured. It's manufactured and then thrusted upon you. I look back at me in fifth and third grade. I'm like, what? Not only was I just normal size, I was like 120 pounds, 115 pounds. Y'all were telling me, lose weight? Like, what is, and then definitely this is still an insecurity I'm living with, but I think about it and I'm like, okay, this insecurity, who benefits from it? All of these people being like, hey, you want a gym membership? Hey, try this new supplement. All of these, like, financially they benefit. Mm -hmm. And I would say, once again, men, the patriarchy that we live in. benefit from it because once again you have this division of you can control female bodies you can control certain bodies you know by saying like hey you should you should fit into this standard or this mold you you Mm -hmm. automatically control them and then through that force control you have this moment of what i like to say the phenomenon the emergence of pick me's yeah and you have other people who like to put you down, who are in the same group, who are also being forced into the same standard, but because they met that standard, they, they no longer see, like, anything wrong with it, mm-hmm. and now they continue to perpetuate and replicate mm-hmm. this unfair system. Yeah. Like, I remember, because you're also growing at this age, you know, you're growing, your body's changing, and so you have people hit growth spurts, and you have the phenomenon of a baby fat, and so you have people one day who would be bullied for being big, hit puberty, shoot up five, ten inches, and then would be skinny. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden being like, oh, yeah, like all these other people, like y'all are fat or y'all are undesirable. And it's like, yo, you were in the system. You knew how much it sucked. And then now that you're like, oh, but they can't pick on me. So now I will pick on others. Yeah. It's just like your insecurities. Think about think about it like this and have this moment of or I'm trying to have this moment of if you think about your insecurities in that way of your insecurities who benefits from it, you realize that there's nothing inherently wrong with you. Mm-hmm. It's people gaslighting you, trying to convince you to think or feel a certain way so that they can benefit from it. Yeah. But yes. That is really you know, the unsolicited advice for the day. When you're thinking about your insecurities, ask yourself, who benefits from this? And it's usually, it's most insecurities are caused by external forces. 
Mm-hmm. And it's that means of trying to force you to do something so that other people can quote unquote reap the benefits or can feel more comfortable about themselves. Something that I kind of wanted to ask you about your opinion on cosmetic surgery. Mm. Um, I feel conflicted about it. I find that a lot of the times people get surgery or pursue it to avoid an internal change that needs to like happen like a way of a change in thinking or stuff like that because you will like you've seen that there are some people who become obsessed with it or get it done and you know turns out that in that internalized feeling of you know sometimes ugliness worthlessness or just not fitting in doesn't go away even if you change the external part so there's that part of me that i've noticed um especially with conversations about like weight loss and stuff like that and people who have lost the weight that they've noticed people have treated them better treated them differently but they themselves all of their problems didn't go away with the weight loss you know yeah and then also at the same time I don't believe anyone should be trying to control your body Mm -hmm. um like you make that choice you make that conscious choice but I also feel like I've seen encountered a lot of people who've made changes Mm -hmm. and have only then come to realize that hey the the discomfort I felt was actually inside Mm -hmm. and so changing my physical flesh prison (laughs) isn't going to fix that internal pain or discomfort yeah I see where you're coming from but I personally feel like with surgery I feel like if it's something that you really wanted and that you did your research and you're being safe and you have the money for it. I say go for it if that's what you want. It's your body. So if you want to do it. And then you work on yourself as well. Don't let other people tell you to what to do or not to do with your body. But I feel like if that's something that you genuinely want to do, then yeah, do it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to, yeah. Also, also another thing too of I also despise the plastic surgery industry Mm -hmm. because they have underhanded tactics for getting people in there. Um, One, like there's something as simple as making sure that all the people who work there or who are at least at the front end are very beautiful to make you feel insecure. Like, oh my gosh. And then also another thing too is um, I used to be really fixated on surgery. I wanted a couple of things done. I don't know if I still want those things done, but I watched a video about like somebody traveling to another country um, to get work done. Mm-hmm. And that, that the moment that they stepped in the office before, like before they said anything about what they wanted done or even after the doctor would be like, yeah, we could also do this. Yeah. Which is like, I wasn't even, wasn't even, I wasn't even worried about my nose, but you say I got to do my nose as well. Like that type of energy was another thing too, that I'm just like ill. Cause Mm -hmm. once again, who benefits from these insecurities or making these insecurities, like these doctors do and they get money, they get coin. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, you're totally right. So I would say I'm definitely a centrist when it comes to this idea of where do I stand on plastic surgery? It really it depends on individual case and what's going on and what people are doing. 
but I'm, I guess I'm just open to listening and understanding where a person is coming from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's ultimately up to them. Yeah. And for me, that's interesting that you brought that up about the nose. Cause I've had this idea that, Oh, I want to get my, I want to get a nose job, you know, and this has not been a secret. Like whoever has known me for a while knows this. And it's a thing that I had to like self-reflect and be like, okay, is this, like you said, who is benefiting from this? And is this something that is, is it for someone else? Like I came to the conclusion on my own, like this is a very individual for everyone, but for my own, I'm like, this is something I want to do for me because Mm -hmm. it's what I've been wanting to do for a very, very long time. I've watched like a thousand videos. So I know that I want this because I have put in the time to not, to research doctors, to research methods, to watch a billion different videos on people's experiences. So that's why when I say if you surgery is something that you want to do, like go for it, it's your body at the end of the day. But you also have to put into consideration, like like you said, Breezy, who's benefiting? Like, is this for someone else? Is this for you? So I think it's like a case by case. Mm-hmm. But again, if this is something you want to do, genuinely want to do, then do it. Not because your husband's telling you to do it. Not because some your partner's telling you to do it. It's because you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's also another thing, too, with the whole idea of surgery and insecurities and who's benefiting. I recently discovered that there is a surgery. Um, is that surgery? It can be a surgery or it can be like a post-birthing kind of situation. Oh, I know. I think I know where it's going. Yeah. So oftentimes for some people who are giving birth, there can be tears down Mm -hmm. there if the baby's coming too fast, if you haven't dilated quickly enough or just other issues. And because there was a tear, the doctor has to sew it up. There is something called a husband stitch Mm -hmm. in which doctors, medical professionals intentionally sew it up tighter or more than it was before for the husband sometimes they do it without the consent of the person Mm -hmm. so and it's very much like ew just simple as that disgusting yeah because that is like plain and simple from the name that that is not for you Mm -mm. and i also thought i also like had this this kind of similar thing about where people call women who or people who are in multiple sexual relationships with people like fast or easy mm-hmm. like if you have sex with 30 people like you become loose down there but it's also like okay based on that logic if you have sex with the same person 30 times would you not also be as equally loose and it One, big themes, big themes, people, big (laughs) motifs, misogyny, Mm -hmm. okay, very much the patriarchy controlling everything via misogyny, Mm -hmm. you have the ability to profit off of manufactured insecurity, Mm -hmm. and then you have just kind of like, imagine, I want you to think of the meme in which, or not the meme, it's like the TikTok where it's like the the two people like jumping over the camera swinging arms like da 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 yeah that thing uh-huh. it's men <laughs> okay 
and the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> shaking hands and agreeing <laughs> to make women feel insecure to benefit from it. Yeah. Like, and I won't even say the patriarchy. It's the free market. They'd be shaking hands being like, let's profit off of this. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know. And then another thing about insecurities as well is if you've noticed about insecurities, it's another thing too where I'm just amazed and in love with and absolutely obsessed with people who have the ability to not only recognize their insecurity, recognize where it comes from, Mm -hmm. and then just leave that behind. Mm -hmm. Wow. The power. Yeah. The dignity. (laughs) Just because I'm at that point in my own personal development and the stage of my own personal Mm self-revolution in which I can name it, I can address it, I can see where it's coming from, Mm -hmm. but nevertheless... I'd be feeling insecure. Yeah. Do you have any tips for how you like deal with that? Or, I mean, I hate how much my insecurities just rule my day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. It's hard, you know, mm-hmm. but I feel like something that I've done is just being like, you know what? Yes. I might have all these insecurities, but I am still attractive, you know? I am still loved by plenty of people and have been loved and will continue to be loved and attract. Mm-hmm. So most of it is just in my head. Mm-hmm. So trying to remind myself of that. Yeah. One of the, I'm, I'm very much a history buff. I am, you know, very much into social justice mm-hmm. and addressing like the messed up histories and how that's informed and created the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways I've tried to deal with my insecurities has been, I, I, I go back. I go back to where it came from, what system, who profited off of it, who invented it. Like, for example, one of my biggest insecurities for a very long time was just having dark knees or like dark inner thighs kind of thing. And I started to think about it like I want to like laser or get it lightened once even thought about bleaching and just all these things and then I started to think back and I was like where does this come from like where is this brought out of what how do I feel about it well it could be misunderstood as dirty okay objectively what is what is the issue what's happening where does that come from that comes from white supremacy so by choosing to you know recognize these insecurities as valid to choosing to try and change something about myself to get rid of an insecurity means in an indirect way, I am supporting white supremacy. I'm continuing to uplift it and give it a place in this modern world. Like I am replicating white supremacy. I don't like white supremacy. I'm not a white supremacist. Hate it, not a fan, not here for it out out the window out the door gone mm-hmm. and now thinking about it like that it becomes almost radical and revolutionary of me to fully embrace these insecurities and move on from them because mm-hmm. that means i just left white supremacy and white supremacist thoughts and ideals behind mm-hmm. and so i think about that all the time like anything i've had insecurities about like my hair texture my 
size. This one's been very difficult because I can't necessarily pinpoint it back to like, yes, it's misogyny, but it doesn't feel as the one, the one thing I will give patriarchy is it's the cute way it's branded itself. It has very much distanced itself from ugly atrocities that it's actively committed mm-hmm. to make it just seem like, oh, it's just kind of how it is. Like, it just kind of happened. No, 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 no. After the fall of Rome, okay, after the rise of Christianity in Europe, the Catholic Church's gaining of power, you saw one, like the, the papal decree, the witch's hammer, I can't say the Latin name of it, in which you had three centuries worth of witch hunts in which you went out and you killed and you hunted free-thinking women. Mm-hmm. Pagan and traditional religions and worship practices, you know, uplifted women and saw women as figureheads, deities. Mm-hmm. And so what do you have? This monotheistic power trying to shut it down mm-hmm. by taking it out on women yeah and so it's i've had to like really dig into history and think about it like this like i watched this tiktok recently was talking about one of the worst things that christianity did to the world was and i was like "Ooh, what do they have to say (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of things that happen bring it up talk about it and it was talking about the vandalizing of cultural artifacts and histories and landmarks where you had whole statues destroyed. I think one of the popes, can't remember his name, a lot of of popes in history, went throughout Vatican City and castrated a whole bunch of, like, statues because he thought that the male form on statues would inspire lust. And it's like, damn, you just destroyed (laughs) artifacts. (laughs) Yeah. And this was something that happened a lot of times where you'd have them go around and goddesses like i don't the war on the titty wow let's (laughs) that's a whole other podcast but the fact that like you saw you saw a nipple you saw a boob Mm -hmm. and then they're like destroy it oh my goodness what sinful what sinful works why are boobs so (sighs) oh my god never mind let's that's a whole like you said that's a whole (laughs) different podcast that makes me so angry but yeah but then yeah, specifically with this TikTok, they're talking about goddess cults mm-hmm. and that a lot of the goddesses that we know or know of today, like, have been completely, they went from 3D to one-dimensional characters mm-hmm. in which you have your fertility goddesses. You got your goddesses of love. You got your goddesses of marriage. You got your goddesses of womanhood kind of thing, like completely erased and I remember reading this book in one of my classes, and I think it was called La Frontera. Mm-hmm. And it was all talking about specifically in Mayan and Aztec cultures about the taking of female goddesses and the divine feminine mm-hmm. and splitting it in half, in which you have this like a warrior goddess who's both a mother and also like a warrior, just, you know smiting folks and stuff mm-hmm. and stripping it apart to have the warrior the beast the anger the violence or all the undesirable traits and then you had the mother the sister the gentle the womanly the feminine mm-hmm. and how 
the woman, the, the divine feminine aspect was absorbed into Catholicism mm-hmm. with the Virgin Mary, like just kind of taken local cultures and practices. And they're like, we're going to take this. And then oftentimes the remaining part of that one goddess or those multiple goddesses turned into folklore mm-hmm. of like evil women who steal children. La Llorona. Yeah. Just thinking about that. And I was like, that was an active decision. That was an active decision. And from there, you saw how it became, it now created a model for insecurities. Mm-hmm. You have to be like the Virgin Mary. You have to be feminine. You have to do these things. You have to be like this person. And then you have you have an example of now what it means to be a bad woman in society's eyes or what the bad traits are and what you could become from that. Yeah. And often it's the, you have to save yourself for a man or you can't express your sexuality or what you're into or you can't show off your body because that makes you comfortable no you can't do any of that because that villainizes you Mm -hmm. you are no longer like virgin mary so you're no longer desirable yeah that's the thing about you all of this and this all circles back to the main point Mm -hmm. all of these insecurities all these self-doubts or intrusive thoughts are really coming from external forces. Mm-hmm. Like your insecurities are not only learned, they are taught. Mm-hmm. They are dictated to you yeah. because someone benefits from it. And I think the saddest thing that I've started to realize, and one of my friends actually said this to me in like talking about like the relationship with their mom was it is so hard growing up and one of the, the most beautiful women that you've ever met in your entire life, like your mom, mm-hmm. you couldn't imagine anybody else just just amazing, just everything, not seeing themselves as beautiful. Because then what does that do to you? Mm-hmm. You think that this person is, you know, the light, the wind beneath your wings, beauty in its truest form. And then for them to not feel that way or see themselves that way, or if you have oftentimes to them actively projected onto you or teach you like cover your body, like mm-hmm. you, you're not allowed to wear that. That doesn't look good on you. Or like you can't wear that, but this person can kind of thing. Those comments mm-hmm. like that's taught to you. Yeah. That's like mothers policing their daughters. And personally for me growing up, my mom overprotecting. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had this conversation with her once it was a few years ago, we're talking about my brother and how he's growing up. And I'm like, hey, mom, like if my brother and he's really he's still I think at the time he was like about 15. Right now he's 17. I'm like, if uh, my brother want to have a girlfriend, like, would you be OK with it? And she was like, yeah, like, that's totally fine. And I'm like, that's interesting because you didn't let, let me have a relationship until I was 19. So why can he and why couldn't I? Yeah, I feel like uh, there's a there's like a trend on twitter that's happening right now where it's like what is blank if not blank persisting mm-hmm. <laughs> what am i if not trauma and insecurities <laughs> persisting? <laughs> yeah and i think about that and i think about how to deal with it and it is it is hard because it's so layered and it comes from every single direction 
Mm-hmm. I think the, the biggest like piece of advice or just moment of clarity that I have and I've been having is triggers. Mm-hmm. Triggers are a reaction to something that's making you uncomfortable, something that's unsettling you. Mm-hmm. You can respond to that, like trigger warnings, all that kind of stuff. You can prevent it. But I think the most important part is to directly respond to it and think about where that's coming from. Like oftentimes, if somebody makes a comment or says like, hey, mm, that's not the best like fit for you or something like that, and that triggers you, if that makes you feel a certain type of way, like you feel sad, uncomfortable, any of those feelings, mm-hmm. I challenge everyone to really sit with it digest it process it and figure out where that's coming from because oftentimes it's rooted in an insecurity but i honestly like tug on that little piece of thread follow it all the way back home Mm -hmm. because that once you figure out who gave you that first insecurity or where that's coming from it's it's so empowering Mm -hmm. like i got you i have the source You know, that's, that's a great mentality because I feel like my way of dealing with insecurities was just shutting off and just trying to change it or trying to do other things to make me feel better. But I never really thought about looking for the source, whether mm-hmm. that be personal or historical. Like, that's just mm-hmm. never something that's crossed my mind. So that's something I'm going to have to get into. <laughs> yeah, I love I, history. She does something to me. because you know there's power in knowledge and knowing Mm -hmm. and you know know thyself you learn who you are Mm -hmm. that's one step that's like I feel like that's that's the first step know yourself Mm -hmm. the next step is asking why Mm -hmm. because oh I think about for example like the amount of times I've had people just like explain to me why they're uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and then come to their own conclusion or sometimes through me like prodding where that came from and they'd be like dang dang I didn't even think about it like that or like wow you're right that is that is some deep-seated stuff honestly Brazy you're constantly like enlightening me because I (laughs) like I can remember like even to when we first our friendships first blossom I guess I remember just having conversations with you and me being like what (laughs) making like connecting the dots like you could I feel like you could visually see like the light turning on and just be like oh my god I never thought about it like that (laughs) I like the way you put that because you have I have sometimes people be like oh it's you're enlightening me other times it's you've exposed me (laughs) no no it's it's both definitely for sure I'm like please stop (laughs) I don't want to deal with this (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah it's it is one of those things where like I like to say that's my party trick. That's my parlor trick, very much so. <laughs> Tell me about something. Tell me about anything about you. Oh, give me your chart. Give me any of that. And I will just, like, it's it's a read. It's all truth. <laughs> I just be, but it's my, I don't know why I do it. I feel like I could probably trace it back to an obsession with profiling shows. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Defense mechanism. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But that is my favorite thing to do and <laughs> I very much feel like because I don't like doing it as a like haha I know you kind of thing I like doing it in a way of just like I know you but did you know yourself <laughs> no I didn't <laughs> like, let me let me turn that mirror around honey 
mm-hmm. because a lot of times people obviously they can have very different reactions sometimes people get the ones who get angry scare me the most because it's you sweetie why are you <laughs> mad at me no the thing is when sometimes you enlighten me and i just get upset but with myself <laughs> i like I, we stopped talking. I'm just over here thinking the rest of the day, like, damn. Yeah, there's, there's just, like, the people who get angry. There's the people who get, like, wow. They just go quiet on you. There's the people <laughs> who are, like, I like meeting those who, when I say it, they're, like, yes. Yes. <laughs> giving me the it's, – it's, it's akin to giving someone a puzzle piece. Yeah. And then they're, like, oh, my gosh. I've been needing this. And I'm just, like, yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> finding those pieces by yourself is hard. It's hard, yeah. It's exhausting, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things I like to say the most. Being self-aware and learning from your past sucks. Mm-hmm. Being grown and mature about things is for the birds. I hate it <laughs> because you watch other people be petty and do no personal growth, and you're just sitting over there like, oh <laughs> i mean there's a reason they say ignorance is bliss like there's yeah. a reason uh, because you can just move on with your life pretending things aren't happening or just ignoring the problem and just moving on with your life without self-growth mm-hmm. and i mean i guess in a way you will be happy because you're not targeting those things and you're not acknowledging those things well as you and i cannot move along with our day without being like okay, so what is wrong with me today? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the worst thing to ever have happened to me, to realize that I'm not perfect and I can also cause problems and pain and difficulties for others because it was very easy to just, well, this is over. I don't have to do any self-reflection. Bye. I I remember thinking about it like when I was younger and like friendships would end and I'd be like, Mm -hmm. they were completely in the wrong. I did absolutely nothing. Well, so long. (laughs) Yeah. Now anything happens. And I'm like, you know, I could have done this better. Could have articulated more clearly. Or, you know, I did react pretty strongly, but that's because it was a trigger for me. But they didn't know that. I hate it. (laughs) It's like, it is literally a courtroom. Mm -hmm. Did you ever watch Teen Titans? Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Remember, remember when they go into Raven's mind? And they, yeah. see they see all like all the different ravens. Uh-huh. That feels like me all the time in which I'm in a courtroom and it's just me <laughs> being like, <laughs> objection, Breezy, you could have done this better. <laughs> like, well, I was trying, overruled. <laughs> like, it's very much just I'm the judge, the jury. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> the defense attorney, the prosecutor. <laughs> Hell, I'm the person taking notes. <laughs> Sorry, that's hilarious. But... You have to remember that sometimes people do terrible things for you and it's, I mean, do terrible things to you and it's just completely uncalled for. Mm-hmm. So it's not always you. And I want you to remember that because I feel like you beat yourself up a lot for things that were completely out of your control. Yeah, but I'm telling you, Judge Breezy, vicious. <laughs> just in that courtroom being like, you could have, like, I, it feels like I'm on an episode of Judge Judy in my head every day. And when it comes to like, negotiating being like the plaintiff here has like oh and the worst part is this is the thing with my breakup mm-hmm. and any end of a, any sort of relationship friendship mm-hmm. romantic whatever any sort of end 
means that I cannot fully process it until like six months after when the court is adjourned. (laughs) Like I'll be in, I'll be in my little courtroom for six months being like, all right, who was in the wrong? What is like, what does the defendant owe you? All that kind of stuff just in my head for so long. And that means as a result, I don't let things go until, you know, we have a verdict. So any, any end of any relationship, friendship, any of that, I means I'm holding on to that for six months. We get the verdict. So in the, for all of my friends and those who hear me talk, know that you go hear about it for six months because we're still in court. <laughs> yeah. It's an ongoing trial. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know how you feel about this, but what I think about breakups, especially very traumatic ones, I feel like that we both went through, is that many, many months down the line, even years so, I'm still discovering something new and have to like deal with that new thing. And even like it's been a long time and you're like dating again and you're like, oh, wait, I have this other trauma I didn't know about. Now I have to work on this, you know? Yeah. I personally still sort of prescribe to the idea that if someone falls asleep or is thinking about you, you'll sneeze or you'll have a dream (laughs) featuring them. And so I don't want any of these former friends, former partners to be like, damn, I'm all over Breezy's mind. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You will see coverage of this court case because it is an ongoing trial, all right? But it's very frustrating because I feel like everybody else is like, oh, you still on that? You you still haven't moved on? First of all, how rude. <laughs> Second of all, yes, the verdict is not out yet. And even if the verdict is out, we could have a retrial. <laughs> yeah. An acquittal. Something's going on. <laughs> New charges. Yeah, that's really what it'd be like when you you think about something a year down the line and be like, new charges in this (laughs) case. Yeah. And I wanted to go back to what you said of, oh, you can't get over it. Like, you're still thinking about that. That is not it. It's not because you can't move past that person. It's because they caused you so many other traumas that you have to deal with that. You're not dealing on getting over this person, you're dealing on getting over all the trauma they left you. Mm -hmm. I think we're coming to the conclusion, you know, the cute little end of it all. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I think, you know, for those of us listening at home, on the road, all of that, just take some time to yourself and think about how your insecurities impact you, how they may show up in your triggers mm-hmm. and ultimately like where, where that's coming from. Yeah. I think it's one of the, the, the best thing you can do for yourself and on your own personal growth journey. Yeah. And then like, as I said before, if there's something that you want to change because you genuinely want to change it, then go for it. It's your body. Mm-hmm. Once again, this has been therapy check um with the lovely the gracious the humble (laughs) the what is it what is that line the powerful the pleasurable okay (laughs) okay okay (laughs) breezy all right all right (laughs) you can follow me on twitter (laughs) 
L I B R A T H U G G A. That's Libra Thugga. Mm-hmm. Oh, my bad. And you can find the humble. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can find me on Twitter at T O R R underscore R R E S one and on Instagram at Andy underscore Torres. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us this week. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I don't know how to follow up with. It's really funny because <laughs> that line is from Mulan. Okay. Like when Mushu's like, I am the pleasurable, the indestructible <laughs> Mushu. <laughs> <laughs>